Hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Hackney, and I'm so happy that you're here. This podcast is a place for conversations about balancing a healthy lifestyle and being happy. More specifically, happy hour. Together, we'll explore all things wellness and wine. I hope you learn a little, laugh a lot, and along the way, know you're not alone on this balanced wellness journey. Ready to jump in? Pour something in your glass that makes you happy because it's time for Spandex and Wine. Hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine podcast. Today's guest is a friend from my past that I didn't know I needed more of in my life. I truly value her knowledge and love our time together every time I see her. She is a licensed esthetician that gives care to all of her clients in a way that leaves them wanting more. Today I welcome Tracy Johnson. We are recording. Well, hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine podcast, Tracy. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Um, We have been friends for a long time now. We won't say how long. No one needs to know that. They don't need to kind of get our age. (laughs) Uh, But for a long time now, and we reconnected, I don't know, maybe six or seven months ago, um, because I was looking for a way to... um, give myself some self-care. And I knew that you were an esthetician and someone that I trusted. And after my first session with you, I was hooked. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. You are phenomenal. So oh, would you that. mind sharing with us just kind of how you got started with all of this? Um, well, um, back in the late nineties, my son around, or not my son, my husband around mother's day gifted me with, um, a spa day, one of the best mother's day presents I've ever gotten. And I got a facial and a massage and a manicure and a pedicure. And I professionally had never had any of those things done before ever. And, um, and so that I was, I mean, all of it was wonderful, but I was completely hooked on all the things from that on, especially, especially facial services. I just, I loved it. Um, a massage is great. I love to get my nails done, but there just was something about a facial that, um, I could just go into that room and shut everything off and just, I don't know, just receive. And I, and I really loved mm-hmm. that. So, uh, I continued on, you know, with that and would just kind of sporadically get facials, you know, somewhat regularly. And then I started getting later into my twenties and early thirties. And I started going about once a month kind of for for just a feel good thing, just self-care kind of a thing. And then, Mm -hmm. um, my mid thirties, I started developing cystic acne, which I'd never had. I was kind of the, you know, one of the people in high school that it was like the, you know, like one little breakout or blemish around your period. And that was really all I ever broke out. And, Mm -hmm. um, so for me to have just like this kind of painful cystic acne was, was something completely new. And it was also, it was all hormonal, but, um, it was painful. I didn't know what to do. And I went to my doctor, my dermatologist, cause I always get skin checks cause I've had moles removed and things since my late teens. So I'd always been really on top of getting my skin checked and, um, he prescribed a gel, which was fantastic. Um, super pricey. And, mm-hmm. uh, I went to my esthetician. I was like, Hey, so I started just, we'll pause here. Anytime you go to an esthetician, you should always let them know if you're on any kind, any kind of prescription or topical medication. So I go to her and I said, Oh, by the way, started this new cream. This is what my doctor prescribed, yada, yada. And she said, 
okay. And so we kind of talked about that. And she said, are you ready to start getting serious about treatment instead of just, you know, kind of just receiving a frou-frou-y facial? I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I set up regular things with her. I saw her her every two weeks in addition to using my cream and that helped out a lot and kind of get things under control. So that's where I kind of moved from um, this thing of like self-care and like something fun I did for myself into let's tackle a real problem that I have with my skin. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think about that that was something that she could do for me. You know, I thought she's someone I go to kind of like a massage you go to and it feels good and it works some things loose. But um, it wasn't something that I was thinking of an actual treatment. And then my 40s, I developed uh, basal cell carcinoma on my face, which is a form of skin cancer. And that became um, just its own life entirely and uh, was a, a lot more involved than what we thought it was going to be. And, and that's, you know, that's a whole nother thing. And um, so I kind of, at that point, I'd heard about oncology aesthetics and uh, that was really interesting to me. And I'd always wanted to do aesthetics. I looked at doing it when I was younger and just the timing wasn't right. And I was a stay-at-home mom and we have a home-based business and raising young kids and all the things. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of got to the point where I was now empty nest and approaching empty nest. And I thought, you know what? It's now, it's my now or never moment. I've always wanted to do this. I will regret it if I don't. Yeah. And if I do, then I'll do it for however long I do it for, but I'll regret it if I don't do it. And so I went to aesthetic school. In my mid forties. <laughs> That's great. That was that was a treat. <laughs> yes. No. I mean, I have a similar story. I did the same thing. I mean, I was early thirties, but yeah, same thing. I worked in the corporate world for a while, and then decided, no, this is not yeah. what I want to do. I want to help people. And you're kind of in yeah. the same boat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, um, I know we've you helped me out on a retreat before with giving some information to the ladies, but um, I want to dive just a little bit deeper into some of the things that we have talked about before in the past. Um, so I, I know people hear that your skin is your largest organ, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think they really understand what that means, that everything you put on your skin is absorbed into your body. So when people say that, like, how do you explain that to people? Um, so, uh, we get all sciencey when we start talking about this. So different products have molecular weights and the molecular weight of that product kind of determines on how far it's going to p- penetrate into your, into your skin. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like if you, I, I heard this analogy once or like, if you slap pizza sauce on your skin, it's, you're, just, you're not going to like, that's not going to sink all in. And basically no. I mean, there are things that would, you know, get on your skin and it would be gross, but it's not like you're going to have tomato going right into your skin, right? So there are things that are broken down into these molecular weights. And that, like I said, determines how deep they penetrate into your skin. You've got all these layers of your epidermis and then your dermis. And um, if something is a heavier molecular weight, then it's not going to penetrate as far. And if something is a smaller molecular weight, then it's going to penetrate much deeper. So that also adjusts the skincare items that you use and the order in which you use them. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Cause I know I've asked you yeah. before, okay, now what number is this? When do I do that? Yeah. Um, right. But I'd also, so you hear about like different metals and things being in some cosmetics. And so that's why oh, it's yeah. important to, well, I mean, obviously you don't want metals sure. in your system, but right. to look out for those too. 
Absolutely. I think one of the things that you can do um, as to be your, I I always preach being your own best advocate, right? And one of the things that you can do, obviously, um, knowledge and education is power. And we have this really great thing called Google now, right? You know, and I mean, like I have, I have reference books of ingredient breakdowns, but there's, you know, there's Google, you can literally take a box and flip it over and look at the ingredient doc and be like, what is this giant long word? And where does it come from? And what does it do? And is it safe? Is it not safe? Um, and then there's all these really great people that you can follow that are, um, and I'm not talking about like just an average TikToker. Like there's different people and I uh, I forget what her handle is now, but like there's a TikToker or Instagram reel or whatever. And she's basically a... Um, cosmetic chemist and she breaks down different things that are actually in ingredients that are in your skincare items that people are like, oh no, you shouldn't use this item because it will do this. And she'll Mm -hmm. actually break it down from a chemical standpoint and say, yes and no, if you were doing that on a large scale, it's going to have this effect. But if you're doing that on a small scale, the parts per million or parts per whatever it is it's not as detrimental as what you're thinking it is. So there are definitely things, okay. there are definitely ingredients you want to shy away from. There are in some mm-hmm. ingredients that get a bad rap. And then there are other ingredients that are are just like, they're great, you know? So it's kind of, yeah. you really need to do your due diligence and not just basically, I, I hate to say this, but not believe just anything somebody tells you, especially oh, sure. when they have, especially when they have no education or um, or knowledge or product training or whatever to back it up with. Does that make sense? Right. It does make um, sense. You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you always want to do your due diligence in that area. Um, I know there's a lot of people that follow, oh, what is that app? There's like this app that you can scan whatever, or you can look it up in the app and it will tell you like, like what the good and bad rating is. And that's really, it's really kind of subjective because like I said, they're not taking into consideration some of the things, how they're sourced is a big deal, how, how mm-hmm. an ingredient is sourced, how it's broken down, how it's processed, what, um, what other ingredients are in that that work synergistically with that. There's so much more to it than this is a good item and this is a bad item. So really, Mm -hmm. it helps when you have someone that can kind of break that down for you or say, this is okay because of X, Y, Z, and give you the knowledge and the education to be able to to help you figure that out. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not trying to make it confusing, but it's just, it's like, I don't know, every question that you ask is like, there's like this whole other backstory (laughs) than than just like an easy answer. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's go back to something I said. And then something that you said as well, when I said that um, I was looking for something for health or self-care and you said that you started out the same, but then your Mm -hmm. esthetician was wanting to go a little bit deeper with treatment. So tell me like, what all do you do? And um, cause I'm sure maybe I'm ready for the next step. I have no idea. I just trust you and you just tell me what to do, (laughs) but yeah. So people go in for a facial, but like, what kinds of things do you recommend? Like um, some of the things that I like to know is basically what your skincare goal is. And I, everybody kind of in our demographic and even people that are way younger, anti-aging, of course, is the mm-hmm. one thing that everybody wants. But then there's also things that other people deal with, like hyperpigmentation, you know, like we're in our 40s and 50s and getting older, and then all these sunspots start to appear and you get hyperpigmentation and dark spots from years of sun exposure. So um, mm-hmm. I provide facial services. Um, 
facial services are great. I provide that, but along those lines, there's additional additional treatments. There's chemical peels. It's chemical peel season. Most of us are out of the sun now. Chemical peels can do a wealth of things. Um, there are some of them are like you're going to have snake shedding skin type of type of effect, and other things are going to be more of a micro peel where you're not really going to have any peeling or flaking on the surface, but it's affecting things on an epidermal level layers down. And so that affects mm-hmm. change. It can help with the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. It can help that cell turnover and regeneration so that things are happening at a quicker rate, which helps with your fine lines and wrinkles. There are some um, products that suppress melanin and there are tyrosinase inhibitors, which suppresses that darkening pigmentation when you get sun damage. So we suppress that and then we create like a wound response with chemical peels and it helps to slough that skin off and then get it turning over faster. So you've got cleaner, healthier, younger looking skin that's coming up at a more rapid rate because as we get older, everything sloughs off much slower. Everything slows down, right? And so there's there's that aspect of it. Uh, there is microcurrent, which is great. It uses um, electrical current and uh, it's applied with a modality that I use and um, basically a little a, a tool that I use. And it uses your body's own energy along with that microcurrent uh, technology and it boosts adenosine triphosphate. I think you and I may have talked about this before. Adenosine triphosphate is the energy that is created in your muscles when you work out. It's what helps to lift and mm-hmm. tone and tighten yep. your muscles. So when you do, when you utilize certain aspects of facial massage, like facial massage does that as well, but it also, um, like microcurrent, it stimulates that adenosine triphosphate and it helps to stimulate that in your cells and in your facial muscles. So it lifts and tones and tightens your muscles. It can also be used on a different wavelength and it helps to relax your muscles. So like you'll get your 11s, you know, in between your four and your, between your eyebrows. And uh, Mm -hmm. my friend, my friend Amy calls them train tracks across your forehead, you know, and you get all these things. <laughs> and so when you when you utilize those currents on different wavelengths and at different strengths, it either can relax those muscles so you don't have that constriction, or it can lift and tone and tighten that muscle. And it's all creating through creating of that adenosine triphosphate, which also stimulates cell regeneration, helps with acne breakouts, it helps with overall skin health um, and collagen elastin. Like there's it's just multifaceted some of the some of the different procedures that you can do. So a lot of it depends on how deep someone wants to go. Obviously, if you go into a med spa, they have a whole wealth of things that they can offer that me as a solo esthetician, I can't offer those things because I'm not under a doctor directive. Um, mm-hmm. So you you also have different um, different things that are offered in different places. And that's why. So you can go to one esthetician that's a solo and I can offer you um, nano infusion or microneedling or not microneedling, but nano infusion, microchanneling. But if you go to a med spa, they may offer you something that's more invasive, like microneedling and um, some of that kind of stuff. So there, that's why there's a little bit of a distinction there. Wow. All of it is effective and all of it you can use to be effective. Uh, some of the different things are how invasive they are and different price points and just how deep you can actually go into the huh. skin, into the epidermis. So, so that much. is so cool. Like I just knew so 30, much. 60 or 90 minute session. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, whatever, just do whatever. That's <laughs> a regular and or extended. Yeah. Yeah. There's so <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, I'm not a sciencey person, but as soon as I went to aesthetics school, I was like, this is, 
like all science. This is not my, this is not my jam, you know, but it becomes so interesting and so amazing how all of it is woven together and how everything just affects and builds on each other. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, I was going to say that Mr. Madison and Mr. Ragsdale would be very proud of you because I feel like <laughs> I just was in a science class right there. <laughs> those are our high That's school funny. biology and chemistry teachers, for those of you that don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I do think too, going, that's the advantage of going back to school at the age that we did, because Mm -hmm. you learn things differently when you're sitting there and you're learning that when you're 16 years old, well, you're not applying that to anything, but now we have life uh, places that we can apply that in our life. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes your choice, right? It's your choice. It's something that you're like, I want to know about this one thing and I'm going to school about this one thing. And so you are more invested in it in high school. Right. Sorry, Mr. Madison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask it anyway. The one thing that you would recommend people do when it comes to their skin. You tell me, what am I going to Sun- say? You're going to say sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say sunscreen. It is your number one anti-ager. It is the one thing it's like today when we're, we're doing this podcast, it's raining and it's gloomy and it's cloudy outside. I still have my sunscreen on. Why? Because UVA penetrates through clouds. Mm-hmm. It there, you know, and that's, that's your aging ray. No matter what, you may not be able to go outside and get a sunburn, but you are still getting exposed to UVA rays. And that is your aging ray. It's intensified when it comes through glass. So even if you're someone who, who sits at a desk, but you're near an open window and you get constant sunlight in your, or in your office, or you drive around a lot and you're in your car, you are constantly being exposed to UVA rays. So sunscreen is the number one anti-ager. It's the one thing that just about everybody leaves out. Sure. And um, yeah, I mean, it's your first line of defense against aging. The sun is what breaks down your collagen and elastin. Okay. The number one thing. Yeah. Number one thing. Yeah. And what, um, what SPF? I know I've asked you this before, but let, let's talk about that. Um, if there's a brand or an, uh, whatever you would recommend, because I, I remember you saying before, just do it. That's the one thing. That's your first step. Don't worry about what kind, you know, what SPF, just start. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like a good 30 and above. Um, okay. I t- like the ones that I use typically are anywhere between 30 and fifties. And there's a lot of different kinds of sunscreen. There's chemical sunscreen, there is mineral sunscreen. So there's a lot of different options. Um, be cognizant, do your due diligence, you know, kind of look into those. I carry in my treatment room, I carry for your face, I carry one sunscreen that is a mineral sunscreen and I carry one that is a chemical and the chemical one, I can't believe I would ever say this, but it's by Circadian. I absolutely love it. And they've got all these different stabilizers in there and they've got peptides in there. It's great for anti-aging. It's a great light moisturizer. I wear it um, under my makeup every day. You can apply it over your makeup throughout the day. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I put sunscreen on, you know, like eight mm-hmm. hours ago. Well, that was like eight hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, You know what I mean? You need to be reapplying on the regular. And that's something that a lot of people don't. And a lot of people don't realize you can reapply your sunscreen over your makeup without without disturbing your makeup. Put a little bit on your hands, pat it into your face. Well, I think that would have to come with the quality of the sunscreen too. Agreed. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And like some of them um, can get very pilly, which I don't like. So I... 
I always, I don't know, when I'm in my treatment room and I show people the two different sunscreens I have, I always put a little bit on the back of their hands of each one and kind of be like, okay, this is what this one is like. And this is why I like it. And this is what it does. And this is what this one does. And this is why I like it. And this is what it does. And Mm -hmm. I may give a pro and con to each, you know, that people have said, I like this and I don't like this because everyone, what I like may not be something that you like. Right. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. works for my skin is not going to work for your skin. I mean, there may be aspects of it that might work for your skin, but everybody has different needs because everybody's skin is different. Um, But the number one thing, yeah, that like, I think just, and that's just my personal opinion. And I'm sure people would be like, oh, but this or but that, or with different arguments about different SPF levels. The biggest thing is use it and reapply it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. If I can just get people to use it. Right. <laughs> that's that's my main goal. I just want you to use it. You know, I just want you to use it. <laughs> uh, well, and I know uh, my first time that I came in, I said, okay, Tracy, I am low maintenance. I just need a basic plan to start with because like, yeah. seriously, my first step is remembering to wash my face at night. Um, yeah. And so you put me on a serum and then eye cream and a moisturizer, of course. Yeah, and- we added those things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then sunscreen as well. But like, take us through, like, what would be the next step? Is there, tell me the products that you would number one recommend for the low maintenance person and how you would take them up. The low maintenance person, I, and I always try to add, just like I asked you, like how many, you know, what, what do you see? What is, what is your goal? What, what are you going to use and what are you not going to use? Because as much as I want to sell you product, I want to make sure that you're going to use it, right? right? I mean, the product only works if you use it. So for low maintenance, I would say a cleanser that meets your skin type. Like CeraVe did a study, I don't know, several years back, maybe 2018, 2019. Like 80% of people are using the wrong cleansers and washing their face wrong and using the wrong skincare. So like, like 80%. So use, use the cleanser that's good for your skin type. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole conversation between you and a professional in itself and a good moisturizer and an SPF. Those three, if you're a minimalist, those three items, cleanser, moisturizer, SPF. See, I got it wrong. Okay. Yeah. We started you there, but a lot of times people will say, they'll ask me questions and I'll say, okay, we'll kind of go through what they're willing to use and what they're not willing to use, how many steps they want to do. Some people are like, I want all the steps. 15, let's do it. And other people are like, I just, I, if I could just wash my face regularly, that'd be a yeah. start. So it's always, I always try to start where the person is. And mm-hmm. then also um, skincare can be expensive, right? So let's mm-hmm. start with what are you running out of? You know, mm-hmm. what are you, what do you feel like you need and what are you running out of? You know, I'm starting to run out of this. Okay, let's start there. Let's start mm-hmm. there so that we can ease you into things. So it's not so overwhelming. Right. Um, if you were going to bump up from those three basics, I would add in a serum. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I would add in a vitamin C serum because you can use it morning and night. Uh, it has great benefits. It is an antioxidant. It's going to protect you from free radicals during the day. Um, it's a brightening. It helps with anti-aging. Love vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, I would, if I'm going to add in a fourth thing, I would add in a vitamin C serum. Uh, if you are someone who really wants a lot of anti-aging benefits, let's talk about adding in maybe a retinol serum at night. If you're someone who's like, hey, look, I can't do retinol. There are alternatives that are plant-based that um, convert in your system. Vitamin A is really cool. It can convert in your system 
to vitamin A. It, it changes once you put it on your skin. Uh, and hmm. so that's actually really cool. So there's a lot of things that you can do um, that will help that conversion process. So if like, if I use a high form of vitamin A, vitamin A or retinol on my skin, I will break out more. I'll have a purging time because I'm more cystic. I'll have a, it'll be great later on, but I've got to get through the purge, right? So some things yeah. come with a little like, okay, we're going to get through this really rough patch and then it's going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. So vitamin A, probably after SPF, number one anti-age or SPF after SPF. Um, helps with wrinkled up, helps with brightening your skin, helps with that cell regeneration and getting it turning over faster. So I would maybe add that in at night if you're going to take one step further um, and then mm-hmm. go on to like maybe an eye cream. Um, okay. I do love, I do love a good eye cream. You want to make sure you're not using anything heavy around the eyes. Most eye creams are uh, lighter. Sometimes there's an eye serum kind of just depends on the product you're using products that are available. Um, so yeah, but that all that helps with brightness and making you look more youthful and awake. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and it, oh my gosh, it feels so great too. Oh, I love the picture. Yeah. I'm going to have to post the picture um, that you took of me when we were doing some lash <laughs> stuff. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I'll be sure and post that. <laughs> oh goodness. So what else would you um, add? Like how often should people be getting facials? My preference um, for myself, I, unless you're working towards a specific goal, I mm-hmm. like a good monthly facial, like every four weeks. Obviously, um, if you are someone who maybe four weeks isn't financially feasible, I have some clients that come every eight weeks. I have some clients that come every three months, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, don't, I don't want to discount the people who maybe can't come in as often, but most of my regulars right. are about every four weeks. I have some people okay. that are working on specific goals. And sometimes we see those people every two weeks. I have some people that maybe have some clients that maybe have a specific goal and they work on a series. And maybe I see them a couple of times a week because we're working mm-hmm. on a series that builds on itself. Um, kind of like microcurrent. The more you do it, the more it builds on yourself, like going to the gym. Like you can go to the gym mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. and you're not going to be all tone and tight, right? I mean, you're going to have a yeah. little bit of a, oh, I feel so tone and tight. But then like, you know, several days later, you yeah. don't feel like that anymore. The more consistent you are with things, the more they build on themselves and the more greater result that you get, right? Whether it's using skincare or a treatment that you're getting in a salon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so most of mine come about every four weeks. My regulars are every four. Okay. Um, and then I know that you have some specialty services with oncology that you have a, um, a special certification or licensing um, for oncology patients. Yeah. So I did um, some advanced training with oncology training international. Uh, it's great, great. Um, I don't know. It's an institution, great program. It was started mm-hmm. by Marag Curran, this lady who is an esthetician who is based out of, I think she's in South Africa. I could be totally wrong. But um, they use companion products with Hale and Hush, which is I, I use in my in my treatment room. And so I did certifications and um, training through them, advanced training. And it's really great. Um, it's something that I heard about before I went to aesthetic school. And I thought, because of my basal cell, I was like, you know what, this is something that that really interested me. I had some pretty heavy duty, severe scarring when I came out of my surgery, my surgery was on my face and they did nose surgery. And uh, like I said, I had a basal cell, which is, uh, 
there's three different kinds of skin cancer. There's basal, squamous, and melanoma. And melanoma, obviously, just about everybody's heard of melanoma. It metastasizes. Mm-hmm. It can be fatal. It's very serious. Um, can be very fast-growing. Squamous is kind of somewhere in the middle. It can metastasize. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, basal cell typically does not metastasize, which means it doesn't like, you know, spread to other parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basal cell is very small, typically on a, on the surface and underneath the surface is kind of like a tree with giant tree roots. And so it can really spread out far and wide. You know, if you think of trees on the surface, they don't look very big, but when you start digging, the roots just can branch out everywhere and they can mm-hmm. just kind of wrap around almost like tentacles. They just wrap around everything that they're in, in the dirt and basal cells a lot like that. And so a very small spot on the surface can be quite intense once they get in there to start removing it. And that's how it was with me. They took a, a very large portion out of my cheek and they did some, um, um, uh, like restorative, whatever they, they did some surgery after that mm-hmm. to put my face back together on that side, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, and what was, what started out as a really small, the size of a, a pin dot ended up being, um, you know, greater than, than that of a silver dollar. Like it just was a really big chunk out from, out from my face. And so, um, anyway, that was really, it was a really big deal to me. You know, I have yeah. some family members that have passed away of cancer. And so just to have cancer anywhere at all was, was a little traumatizing. And, um, so I got through that and I, like I said, I had some pretty major scarring, even though, um, especially on your face, when they take out such a large portion, they can't just pinch that together when it's in a circle. They can't just like mm-hmm. pinch it together and stitch it, right? They have to flap it. And so they cut from my inner eye, underneath my eye, all the way down the side of my nose, almost to my chin. So I had this mm-hmm. giant scar and I became very um, subconscious about it, you know, right? Mm-hmm. I We would go out in public and I didn't go anywhere for a long time right after it happened because I look like I, look like I, I was a domestic violence Mm-hmm. a survivor. I mean, that's how I looked. And unfortunately, when I went out in public, people looked at my husband that way. I can't tell you how many people gave him really dirty looks and they were just not nice about it because they made the assumption, right? That, sure. yeah. which was of course not the case. And um, so it, it made it kind of easier not to go anywhere. So I just kind of yeah. became a little bit of a hermit. I didn't go out and and then I had, you know, six months post, I still had this huge gnarly scar that was like thicker than the size of my finger. I couldn't look through my left eye without unobstructed view, right? Like all I could just see the scar. It was so big. And um, so I started doing some things. My surgeon was doing some things. We were kind of working together. And um, my niece works at a dermatology office that does the same kind of surgery. She sent me some things from their supplier and all of that helped so much. But when I started looking into all of the oncology side of it, there's a whole side. The secondary part of the oncology training that I did when I did that intensive training was um, uh, appearance recovery. And there's a whole appearance recovery side to that. And it, and it mm-hmm. goes beyond oncology. It goes to if you have surgery, if you've been in a car wreck, if you have vitiligo and you, you know, where you have that melanin um, suppression in your skin. And, you know, you've seen the people that have like very dark patches and they're losing their melanin, right? Especially with like African American people, you see with them a lot. And so there's all these different things that you can do with makeup and with different things to help that appearance recovery. So people feel somewhat normal. And that's the side that really going through my transition of my basal cell that really spoke to me is wanting people to feel 
normal, wanting mm-hmm. them to, you know, wanting to feel normal, wanting to feel like they look normal, wanting to have some kind of normalcy when they have something that is so in your, literally in your face, right? Such a mm-hmm. big outward display of what's going on with you personally. And you just, you wear it. You can't hide something that's on your face, right? And so that became a really big thing for me. And I just became really passionate about oncology aesthetics and um, trying to find out everything that I could. So I did this training and it was fantastic, um, super in-depth. And we went into all of the oncology side of it and so much. And I have a few oncology clients and I've talked to other people who have oncology clients. And one of the things that we all find is that, just like I said a second ago, everyone just wants to be treated normally. When you Mm -hmm. encounter someone that has cancer, obviously, you know, you're, you kind of like, you kind of get hit with that. What do I say? I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to behave in a way that makes them uncomfortable. I don't want to be awkward. I don't, you know, and you kind of get caught up in this whole, like, what do I do and how do I act? It's awkward for them too, you know? And I know that for myself on a receiving end, it was awkward for me and I didn't go through chemo and radiation and all the other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, one of the biggest things with that and with my clients is like, they just, they just want to be treated normally. There are mm-hmm. obviously things that I do in a regular facial that I do not do in an oncology facial. One of the first things obviously foremost is getting an all clear from their doctor that they can have a service with me. And that's, that's one of the biggest things. I don't do anything active. There's not a lot of, um, I don't do facial massage with facial massage. A lot of times, whether it's advertently or inadvertently, there's lymphatic drainage and you don't want to do anything that's exciting all those cells, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you excite those cells, it excites, could excite the wrong kind of cells and you don't want to give life to, um, a cell that you're trying to kill off and so, or cause immune lymphatic drainage that is going to be detrimental to your health because you're immunosuppressed. So there's so many things that go into that side of it. It's a shortened service. um, And mainly the whole focus about that service is the number one focus is just helping them to feel normal, helping them to be pampered, helping them to be loved on. Physical touch is huge. They are so separated from people. Um, They, they don't, you know, they kind of isolate themselves. And so physical touch is huge. I have um, um, one client that, um, you know, they lose their hair. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I took off her cap and I said, would you mind if I gave you a scalp massage? And mm-hmm. very patchy, very patchy on top. And she, she was just like, you, she broke down in tears. And she was like, you'd, you'd want to touch my head? And I'm like, absolutely. I want to touch you. I'm like, yeah, of course I do. You know? And so I just, they go through this. It's so, it's not just something that their body is fighting, but it's so emotional for them as well. Mm -hmm. And it's something that just psychologically takes its toll as well. And so to be able to step into that space with them and to just love on them and to be able to minister to them in that way and just be in that space with them and say, I see you. I like recognize what you're going through. You can talk about it. You can not talk about it. You know, Mm -hmm. we can, um, I have clients that would come in and they would talk with me and they're like, you know, please just be thinking me because I've got to talk to my family about this or my cancer's back. I got to tell them, or I've got to go in for this and I don't know if it's going to be cancer. And there's just so many aspects of that, that they just need someone a lot of times to come alongside them and just 
be there in a way that, and I don't don't want to say in a way that nobody else can be there, but be there in a way that you're attached, but you're not attached. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you're walking, you're walking it with them, but you're not so entrenched in their daily life that, um, that it makes it difficult. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, we can a lot of times tell strangers things that we can't tell the people that we love the most. Right. And I can't tell you how many people leave my room and say, thanks for the therapy. You know, I mean, it's just, and it's not that I'm doing anything. Sometimes we just need a space to go and be. Right. Yeah. No, I'm the same with my occupation too. I mean, sometimes I feel like, yeah, that that was a a very therapeutic session. Well, I think it's the same with hairdressing too. It's something with just that one-on-one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I I love it. Oh, you're amazing. Oh my gosh. That's great. (laughs) You're doing so many wonderful things. Uh, And I just love that you found this, you know? Yeah. Because clearly you're passionate about it and you're wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and same to you. Same to you. Well, you're so like all your, everything that you always post is, um, I, one of the things that I've loved about you since we were young is that you are very just you're just a very inspiring person. You bring energy to everything that you do and encouragement and I think that that just translates across to everything that you do. Even just like silly pictures that you post mm-hmm. with like you and Dave. It's just you know, it's just it's just always fun. It's always inspiring. It's something that always makes people feel good. Oh, so thank you. That's that you. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. How can people find you? Let's change the subject. How can people find oh, you? Okay. <laughs> um, I am in Spring Hill at Perfect Details Salon and they have a website and they have uh, all of their providers are listed with all of our booking links. That's probably the easiest way to find me. Okay. Uh, I have a Facebook page that I think is just Tracy Johnson Aesthetics. Um that was a kind of a transitional thing. And so I just left it at that, you know, so that's Mm -hmm. the name there. And uh, there's an Instagram page, I think as well. I think it's at shine beauty underscore aesthetics, something like that. So, yeah, but the easiest thing probably, especially for booking is just to go to perfect details website and just find me under the service provider list. And there's a link there. Most people can remember that. Okay. Yeah. And I will put that in the show notes. So anyone that's interested can, can take a look at that too. Yeah. This has been so nice. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, we will talk soon. All right. Tracy is so skilled and talented in her services. I'm so happy that she was able to share with us. I hope you learned something from our conversation. I know I did. Here are a few takeaways. One, Services from an esthetician can be for self-care, but also so much more. They can help with anti-aging, we all want that, and aid in resolving specific skin conditions. Two, your skin is your largest organ. What you put on will be absorbed into your body. The molecular weight of the substance will determine the amount of absorption. Three, the order you apply your products will also depend on the weight of the product. An esthetician can help you with the proper order and technique of application. Four, sunscreen is the number one anti-aging product and should be worn every day. UVA rays are the aging rays, so wear your sunscreen, sunscreen and reapply frequently. Five, for low maintenance, like me, simply start with a cleanser, moisturizer, and SPF. The key is the right type of products for your skin type. 80% of the population is using the wrong products for their skin type. An esthetician can help you determine what is right for you. 
six. These professionals can be very helpful for oncology patients. Finding a trained esthetician like Tracy can make a huge impact on that patient's overall well-being. Since our discussion, Tracy is restructuring her business. She is currently accepting new clients for consultations online and will be scheduling in-person sessions as openings arise. Her contact information is in the show notes, so don't hesitate to reach out to her. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you take a few seconds to do each or all of the following. First, follow or subscribe to Spandex and Wine. It'll help you so you don't miss an episode and it'll help me because you won't miss any episodes. To do this, you'll just go to the podcast, click subscribe or follow wherever you are listening. Look for the plus sign or follow button. And this is one of the best things that you can do for the podcast. So thank you. If you'd also be willing to give a five-star review, that would be amazing. And lastly, please share an episode with a friend or five (laughs) to keep the love going. I appreciate you. Thanks.